0: to yet another uh, Sabbath school. Uh, Let us reverently kneel as we invite God's presence. Amen. All right, so this morning, um, we're, what we're going to go over is technically old. Um, just add in one little thought to it. One of the things that the Lord has, um, has taught us is that we must read carefully. Amen? And another thing we know is as we read things over and over, we get new light, right? Um, new, new, same passages burst in our minds. We see words that we never focused on before. We see phrases that all of a sudden just pops, or it connects to something we might have heard. And, and so as we go over these things, the Lord brings much new thoughts. Now the pillar for seven day Adventists is the sanctuary, right? Unto 2,300 days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Therefore, we must understand all the work surrounding the sanctuary. And Christ says, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Jesus says, I am the way, right? And that way is through the sanctuary. You follow the work of the high priest, you follow the work of Christ. Therefore, every story is in the Bible should be able to be taught from the sanctuary, from the standpoint of the sanctuary. Amen? Amen. All right. So in this uh, study, we're going to look at Matthew 25 in relation to the sanctuary. All right? So, this quote from Advent Review and Sabbath Herald, it says, Like a person placed in a great arena with avenues leading in all directions, so we are introduced by the great question of the sanctuary to a variety of subjects closely and intimately connected. The judgment, the marriage of the Lamb, the parable of the virgins, the message from the sanctuary, or the last fearful, the last warning to the world the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, and lastly, the solemn warning of the faithful and true witness to his lukewarm people are themes which, as the subject opens before us, present almost equal claims to immediate considerations. So all these things here, the judgment, the parable of the virgin, the marriage of the lamb, the message from the sanctuary, all those things are connected to the sanctuary. right? This this is what... um, the point is in saying there, because we're introduced, he says, by the great question of the sanctuary. sanctuary. And in the sanctuary is all these truths. The message to Laodicea, uh, the, me- the, the last warning message. And so we have to be able to, as, as, as seven adventists, who, 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 whose foundation is the sanctuary, we must understand how to show all truths from the sanctuary. Amen? As yeah. they follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. All right? So, continuing on, the parable of the ten virgins. The Bible says, Sister White says, the parable of the ten virgins also illustrates the experience of the Adventist Adventist people. Okay? So, the parable of the ten virgins is about whom? Only people who are waiting for the second coming of Christ. All right? So, I'm going to, last week, just to go back, last time I stood here, We looked at the sanctuary, and we saw that from 1798 to 1844 is the holy place experience, right? And then October 22nd, now you have the most holy place, right? And before that is the outer court, right? Because John is told to leave uh, the court, leave out the court, right? So we know that this history, 1798 to 1844, is the holy place experience. Amen? All right. She says, here is what brought to view, the church living in the last days, the same as is pointed out in the close of chapter 24. Keep in mind, it says it illustrates the experience of the Adventist people. All right. Let's continue. The holy place. Matthew 25. Now we're looking at Matthew 25 in light of the holy place experience. Amen. Amen. Because that's what millerite history is, right? The holy place experience, amen? It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their what? Lambs, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took all in their vessels with their, with their lambs, right? Is, is the lamp a part of... Of the holy place. Yes. Yes. Probably ten virgins. What did they take? The lamp. They take the lamb. And when we go to Zechariah uh, three or four, four, I believe. When Zechariah was shown the, the the two trees, right? And then he was he was told that those two olive trees um, is the golden pipes that pour their what? Holy oil where? Into the lambs. So the Bible says they took their lambs with what? only the wise took the oil, all right? So um, it says, the wise took oil and, 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 and the foolish took their lamps with no oil, okay? Right in there, that's already the sanctuary experience. They're at the candlestick. Everyone's following? They entered, they're at the candlestick, mm-hmm. right? And this is where they're getting their light from, all right? And their oil. Because they are the golden vessels that the oil is poured into as well. So, let us, um, Sister White says this. The coming of the bridegroom, announced by the first angel, was understood to to be represented by the, sorry, the coming of Christ. Announced by the first angel, was understood to be represented by the coming of the bridegroom. The widespread reformation, under the proclamation of his soon coming, Answer to the going forth of the. When, when was the widespread proclamation of the um, proclamation of the first angel? 1840, right? So the going forth, right, is 1840. Amen. Amen. To restore and to rebuild, it says. But while they, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, the wise took oil uh, in their vessels with their lamps. The latter class had received the grace of God, the regenerating, enlightening power of the Holy Spirit, which renders his word a lamp to the feet to the feet, and a light to the path. That's the lamp, right? You have the, the, the oil. Without oil, there is no light. Right? So, continuing on. In the fear of God, they had studied the scriptures to learn the truth and had earnestly sought for purity of heart and life. These had a what? A personal experience. The parable of the ten virgins illustrate what? The experience of the Adventist Adventist people. All right? Those who took the oil will have a Personal personal experience. Right? This is what it says. These had a personal experience, a faith in God and in His Word, which could not be overthrown by what? Disappointment, Disappointment or and delay. Others took their lamps and took what? No oil. no oil. They had moved from impulse. Their fears had been excited by the solar message. But they had depended on the faith of their brethren, satisfied with the flickering light of good emotion without a thorough understanding of the truth or a genuine work of grace in the heart. These had gone forth to meet the Lord, full of hope in the prospect of immediate reward, but they were not prepared for delay and disappointment. When trials came, their faith what? Failed and their lights burned dim. Right? So it says the second group depended on the faith of their? They didn't have a what? No, they were depending on the experience of somebody else, right? They didn't have a personal experience. So the problem of the 10 virgins is about a personal experience. While it's the church at large, it's a personal experience. Everyone following? All right. Amen. Let us continue. Verse 5, right? We know verse 1 to 4, the going forth there. Verse 5 says... While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. slept. Let's see what Sister White teaches us in Great Controversy. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. By the tarrying of the bridegroom is represented the passing of the time when the Lord was expected, the disappointment and seeming what? Delay, which, which took place 419. Amen? So you come to 419 and we're tarrying. The disappointment. And it says, but, no, in this time of uncertainty, the interests of the superficial and half-hearted soon began to waver and their efforts to relax. But those whose faith was based on a what? Personal knowledge of the Bible had a rock beneath their feet, which the waves of disappointment could not wash away. They all slumbered and slipped. One class, in unconcern and abandonment, the other class, patiently waiting for till clear light should be given. Yet, in the night of trial, the latter seemed to lose to some extent their zeal and devotion. The half-hearted and superficial could what? No longer lean on the faith of their Brother. They could no longer walk by the experiences of their brethren. Mm-hmm. Right? each must stand or fall how? For
1: himself.
0: for himself. And what does that say about 2014 for us? From this point onward, From this point onward you must stand or fall, fall how? For yourself. For yourself. Amen? Amen? All right, because we know, and we going not come to it, the parable does repeat in our time, and, and we'll see um, much more let's continue on. Early writings, 54, paragraph 2. We, we know this passage very well, but I want to make the point here that this passage is telling us how we should live in the tiring time. Okay? Because she says how many classes in the last quote? Two. One class in? Unconcerned. And the other class waiting for? Clara light. light. So now you come to this quote, but she says that was at the tarrying time, mm-hmm. right? This, this, is, this is the point i want to make. So come and read this quote. It says, I saw a throne, and on it sat whom? The Father and the Son. And the Son. This is obvious language taking us to the holy place, mm-hmm. right? Because the only throne where the Father and the Son sits together is in the holy place, the table of showbread. Mm-hmm. When Christ goes into the most holy, what does, what does he do? Stands he stands father. before the Father. Yeah. Alright? So the only place where they sit together is in the in the holy place. Right? Still the holy place. aren't we again, Millerite history is the holy place experience. Okay? So it says, I gazed on the on, on Jesus' countenance and admired his lovely person. The Father's person I could not behold, for a cloud of glorious light covered him. I asked Jesus if his father had a form like himself. He said he had, but I could not behold it. For he said, "If he should at once, if I, if you should at once be, behold the glory of his person, you would cease to exist." Before the throne, I saw the Advent people, the church, and the world. world. I saw how many companies. This is taking us back to Matthew 25. Amen. I saw two companies. One bowed down before the throne. How deeply interested, while what the other was uninterested in. Careless. This is what we read from the last quote. Amen? Mm-hmm. The problem of the ten virgins is squarely in this, uh, in this quote, right? Here's your two classes right here on April 19th, one interested and the other careless. Amen? Mm-hmm. It says, those who are bowed down before the throne will do what? So what, what's the work in the tiring time? We have to offer up our prayers. Right, This is part of the work in the Tyrean time. Amen? And look to Jesus. Then he would look to his father and appear to be pleading with him. A what? A light would come from the father to the son and from the son to the praying company. Then I saw what? An exceeding bright light come from the father to the son and from the son it waved over the people before the throne. We've been over the light followed by the exceeding bright light. What points in our line are those? Midway and the midnight cry. Midway is July 21st, right? Where you have the light that comes, followed by the midnight cry, which is the exceeding bright light. Alright? So, it says, um, continuing on, but few received this great light. Many came out from under it and, it and immediately resisted it. Others were careless and did not cherish the light, and it moved off from them. Some did what? Some cherished it and went and bowed down with the little praying company. This company all received the light and rejoiced in it, and their countenances shone with its Glory. Okay? So this paragraph is giving us the history that takes place between 419 and the midnight cry. Are we following? Amen? Amen? All right. Let's continue. Now let's see how she explains what the light and the exceeding bright light is. Right? Again, this is things that we, we, we should already know, but a little refresher is fine. Amen? Then I heard the voice of another angel saying, Babylon is, fallen is, where where is that message on our line? April 19th, 1844. Amen? Right there at the beginning of the tiring time. All right? So now we have to take this quote and lay it on top of the previous quote. Amen? She says, a light shone upon those desponding ones and with ardent desires, for his appearing, they again fixed their eyes upon Jesus. As we read this quote, she says, "A light came, and they again, right? So where had where had they had their eye first fixed on Jesus? Well, at what point? 19. April nineteenth, they thought Christ was going to come where? Mm-hmm. April nineteenth, eighteen forty four. They had their eyes fixed on, on him, but she says." Uh, the latter class, they lost, to some extent they lost their zeal, right? In the previous quote. But right here it says a light shone upon the desponding ones, the ones that lost their zeal, right? And she says they again fixed their eyes on Jesus. So a message came that what? Showed them where Jesus was or, or, or what he was going to do. Amen? Mm-hmm. Alright. So then it says Then I saw a number of angels conversing with the second angel who had cried, who who, who had cried, past tense. Amen? So the second angel had already sounded, but now here's a group of angels joining him to do something. right? Who had cried, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And these angels raised their voices with the second angel and cried what? Behold the bridegroom, cometh, go ye out to? Meet him. This point on our line is July twenty-first, because she says a light shone upon them. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Continuing on, the musical voices of these angels seem to reach everywhere, and what? Mm -hmm. An exceeding bright light, bright and glorious light, shone around those who what? Mm -hmm. What does she say about the light that came? on July 21st in the last quote. Some did what? Some cherished it. Right? And then they went and bowed down with the little praying company. But here she says, those who had what? Cherished the light. She's giving us more information about that little group. Which had been imparted to them, their faces shone with excellent glory, and they united with the angels in the cry what? Behold the bridegroom, how many times did the cry, behold, the bridegroom come and go out in this quote? Twice. Twice. The light and the exceeding. exceeding bright light. Amen? All right. It's all there written, written for us, right? It's easy to see. It's two times this cry go out. One was to arouse the brethren and the other um, was when he goes out with that power. Amen? When the brethren now understands it and preaches it with power, because now they've found their Lord. Amen? Alright. As they harmoniously raised the cry among these different companies, those who reject the light pushed them, with and with angry looks, scorned and derided them. But the angels of God wafted their wings over the persecuted ones, while Satan and his angels were seeking to press their darkness around them, to lead them to reject the light from heaven. Alright, now we go to the most holy place. So, We've come down from the going forth to the tiring time to the midnight cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. But before the midnight cry, you have this first cry on July 21st that says, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Right? And now, we go down to the the next way, Mark, which is um, verse 10 of Matthew 25. It says, And while they went by, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the doors." Shut. So we know you come down to October 22nd. You have the shut door, and those that were ready in this time went in. Amen. And Christ tested that readiness as soon as they went in. Can I went over that um, two Sabbaths ago? All right. Let us continue. Great controversy 4:26, paragraph one. She says, "The coming of Christ as our High Priest to the most holy place." For the cleansing of the sanctuary brought to view in Daniel 8:14, the coming of the Son of Man to the Ancient of Days, as presented in Daniel 7:13, and the coming of the Lord to His temple foretold by Malachi, are descriptions of the same event. And this is also represented by the coming of the Bridegroom to the marriage, described by Christ in the parable of the what? Ten virgins of Matthew 25. I'm reading that quote to show that Christ going into the holy place is Matthew 25. Amen? So in Matthew 25, you have the holy place experience that leads you down to the most holy place. Right? And Christ goes in there, and the door is? Shut. The door is shut. Only those that were ready go in. Amen? All right. Now we go back to early writings, and we're going to see this same... um, the same illustration, right? But there is little additional information. Sister White says, I saw the Father rise from the throne and in a flaming chariot go where? Into the holies of? of into the holy of holies within the veil and sit down. Then Jesus rose up from the throne. The most of those that were what? Bow down with him. They that were? Ready, right? It says, arose, arose with him. I did not see one ray of light pass from Jesus to the careless multitude after he arose, and they were left in perfect darkness. Those who arose when Jesus did kept their eyes, what? What message put their eyes back on him? The midnight cry message. We read that in the previous quote, right? That they had lost, they they had taken their eyes off of Christ, but a message came to put their eyes back on, now their eyes are? are Their eyes are open, amen? All right. So it says, kept their eyes fixed on him as he left the throne and led them out a little way. Then he raised his right arm and we heard his lovely voice saying, wait here. I am going to my father to receive the kingdom. Keep your garments spotless and in a little while I will return from the wedding and receive you to myself. Then a cloudy chariot with wheels of flaming fire surrounded by angels came to where Jesus was. He stepped into the chariot and was born into the holiest. And they that were ready went in with him, and the door was shut, shut, right? It says, went into the holies, uh, where where the Father sat. There I beheld Jesus, a great high priest, stand before the Father. On the hem of his garment was a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate. Those who rose up with Jesus would do what? Send Send up their faith to him in the holies and pray what? Father, give us thy spirit. Then Jesus would breathe upon him the Holy Ghost. In that breath was light, power, much love, joy, and peace. And so in the tiring time, they were bowed down before the throne praying. Amen. And a light came from the Father. And then they receive an exceeding bright light. bright light. But even just before Christ goes in, they bow down doing what? Praying. Saying what? Father, give us thy... Spirit. Give us thy spirit. Right? And the Bible says, uh, um, Jesus, breathe on them. Amen? So this whole time, we should be praying for what? For the spirit. Because why? We have 2020. Right? They, she's writing this, what they were doing, but now we have to know, we can't wait until we get close to the short door to pray for the spirit. Right? Just like since Pentecost, we should always been praying for the Spirit. Amen? All right. So, continuing on. The experience of the Adventist people. We can find it in Revelation 10. Amen? It says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow upon his head, and his face was, as it were, the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand what? A little little book book open. open. Right? And he set his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the earth. And when he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, what happened? Seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard the voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be what? Time no longer. So this part of the the text illustrates 1798 to October 22nd, 1844. This whole thing. Holy place experience. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's go down to verse 8. What is the parable of the ten virgins? Come on, this is the one. And then in another place, she says, these had a personal experience. So it's not just the experience of the Adventist people, but it's a personal experience that each one of the Advent people must have. Amen? All right. So now let us go to verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, what? Go and take the little book, the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went. And I what? Who went? Who went? Uh,
1: yeah. Who went? Yeah, it's, it's John
0: went. Amen? Okay. It's a personal experience. This is what I want us to see. John didn't say, we went. Right? He says, and I went unto the angel and said unto him what? Give who? Give me me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and did what? And ate it up, and it was in what? My. My mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. It's a personal experience that we all must have, right? We all must understand the work in the sanctuary. Because this in the little book is the eating of the showbread. When you go to Revelation, it tells you he saw the candlesticks, and then Christ came out, and then he says, Who's worthy to do what? Open the book, right? And loose the seals, right? And what do you do with the book? You eat it. The only thing in the holy place that you could eat is the showbread. Amen? Amen? All right. You know, a nice thought about the showbread. I was talking to Canard a few days ago. And how many stacks are there? Two. Two, right? And if you were to eat the showbread, how would you eat them? One by one. And every time you eat one, what, what direction are you going? Deeper deeper into the truth right there in the sanctuary teaches you that you must go deep into the word of God you can't if you eat the first one you have not ate the son of man you need to eat all six in order for you to eat Christ's flesh and drink his blood amen Amen. all right so I I really love the sanctuary It, it really does teaches us all things it teaches us how to study right there in the sanctuary amen and if you eat all six it means you have the Holy Spirit you know why? Because the light in the sanctuary allows you to see all six. So that you can and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates the scriptures. Amen? So you can eat it. Amen. All right? So let's continue. Verse 11 says, And he said unto me, thou must what? Prophesy. Prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now as I was coming down, this verse came to mind, and I was just meditating on it. John is told to, to do What? Prophesy.
1: Again.
0: What was he to prophesy again? First and
1: second.
0: Amen. How can we prove that from this text? From this passage, Revelation 10. It, it's nice.
1: From verse, uh, from verse um, 2, 3, and
0: 4. Amen. Seven, what are what the seven thunders? The, seven what? Um, the Lord had spoken, who can but? The lion hath rode, right? The seven thunders are seven what? Prophecies. E-e- right here it tells us that. And John is told to do what? Prophesy. Prophesy what? So, repeat our history. Amen. Right here in this text, it is impossible for men to not see that this history repeats. It's right here in Revelation 10. John is told, prophesy again. Well, prophesy what, Lord? The seven thunders. Amen. Alright, so I really do like this. We must, we must We must. all have a personal experience. We must all eat the book for ourselves. The parable of the ten virgins is about a personal experience. Therefore, were you and I there, 1798 to 1844? So how are we to have a personal experience? The Lord must repeat it. You have to go through the same thing. Amen? Amen. All right, so let us continue. She, said, um, she says in 4 B.C. 1139, the vision, of Isaiah, the vision given to Isaiah represents the condition of God's people in the last. last days. And when you go to Isaiah 6, Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am undone. undone for I am a man of what? Unclean. So Isaiah was representing the condition of the? of the people. So when a prophet is a part of the vision, he's representing whom? God's people at the end of the world, right? And in an earlier quote, she says the parable of the ten virgins is about the church at the end of the world. She wrote that in the Great Controversy years after 1844. So she wasn't talking about this group of people, right? Because they already had their experience, right? And she says it's for the church at the end of the world. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, 19 MR 321, she says, The angel's position with one foot on the sea and the other on the land signifies the wide extent of the proclamation of the messages. It will cross the broad waters and be proclaimed in other countries, even to all the world. The comprehension of truth the glad reception of the message is represented as the what? Eating of the little book. The truth in regard to the time of the advent of our Lord was a precious message to our souls. I see you. So the the little book was a message about what? The advent. When did they receive a message about the advent of their Lord? It's two phases, right? You have the, the time when Miller taught it, but more importantly, the midnight cry. Because it was the midnight cry that gave them this solid date. Yeah. Right? So, yes, this verse has a little application to before the midnight cry, where, yes, they did eat the word of God. Amen? Yeah. But more so, speaking, she says, the truth in regard to the advent of our Lord. Mm-hmm. That was the midnight cry. Right, So the Eden of the Little Book begins to in earnest, to some extent, at the midnight cry. Amen? Mm-hmm. All right. So let us continue on. History repeats. This thing is fulfilled again. And this is the point I want to come to. Um She said how one foot is on the land and one foot is on the sea,
1: representing...
0: The widespread... Yeah, yeah, distribution like of the message. It goes to other countries besides these, besides ours. You're
1: saying that it would, it would go, it would represent how it would be brought from land and sea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but I, I think, you know, one of the pioneers, they they said, they said that that it represents how, it represents that it won't only be proclaimed in America, which is the earth, but also in the old world.
0: Yeah, the old world and the new. That's what, the the Midnight Cry, this message, brings the old world and the new together. It binds the new and the Old Testament. Who brings the old and the New Testament together, Siniran? That This is what this message is. It's about Christ and Him crucified. Because who did they find when the message came? Christ. And then they fixed their eyes on Him. Amen? It's really all about Christ. We must locate Him. Right? For if we don't know where He is, we don't know what we're doing. Because He is the light. And if you don't have the light in your feet is in darkness. Amen? All right. So let us continue on. Review and Herald, eight, eight, August 19, 1890, paragraph 3. It says, I am often f- uh, referred to the parable of the ten virgins, five of whom were wise and five foolish. This parable, what? Has been fulfilled. Amen? 1798 to October 22nd. To the very letter... For it has a special application to this time. And like the third angel's message, has been fulfilled and will what? Continue to be present truth till the what? Close of time. Everyone needs this experience. This is what this is teaching. Everyone has to have this experience. That's why it's present truth. Everyone must have that experience like Kinnah was saying, if they are to even come to the Sunday law. Yeah. Amen? Let's continue. In like manner, those who have, who have had what? No experience. no experience in the what? First, the First and second in the parable of the ten virgins. Amen? Amen? Must receive them from what? Others who had an experience and followed down through the messages. As Jesus was rejected, who was rejected? As Jesus was rejected, so I saw that these what? Messages had been rejected. As the disciples declared that there is salvation on the northern name, in no other name under heaven, given among men, so also the servants of God faithfully and fearlessly warned those who embrace but a what? A part of the truths connected with the third angel or the third message that they must gladly receive all the messages as God has given them or have no part in the matter. All right? So, fifth day of the fourth month, a personal experience. Because the midnight cry was first given when? Yeah. On the fifth day of the? of the fourth month. Right? Amen. July 21st, 1844. So, this experience is our experience amen she says the bible says now it came to pass in the 30 30th year in the fourth month in the fifth day of the month and i was by the captives i was among the captives by the river chebar and the heavens opened and what i saw vision, visions of who saw personal experience right this is the point i'm making ezekiel says and i was there and i saw it Amen. But the foolish, they live off of the experience of their brethren. They would go ask Ezekiel, well, what did you see? But even though Ezekiel tell them what he sees, would they understand it? No. All right? Continuing on. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of the king, Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came what? Expressly. Expressly unto Ezekiel the priest the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldean by the river Chaber, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. That word expressly in the 1828 means in direct terms or plainly. All right? So you come down to our time, 9-11 parallels, 8-11. Amen? 9-11 then would mark the going forth. Amen? Because we saw... That the parable has been and what will be fulfilled we also saw that it's the experience of the Adventist people and almost have a personal experience in that and those who didn't have it must go and get it from where from those, from those who had the experience amen so if we want to understand 1989 to 9-11 we should go look for those men now what is teaching us yes and for those who come into the message now who should they go look for the man that was there since 9-11, mm-hmm. and went through, amen? Yes. This is how we do, but together, we all go back to Millerite history, amen? Mm-hmm. So this expressly means plainly, or in direct terms, okay? But it also has a different meaning when you look at the Strongs. It says, H191, one H uh, 191, I'm just reading the bowl to exist or to become, Right? But when you go deeper from H1993, it means to breathe. So, what did the Lord give to Ezekiel? His breath. On the fifth day of the fourth month, what did they receive? The breath. Right? But when they come to October 22nd, what did they receive? Even more breath. Because they said, We prayed, Father, give us thy spirit. And what did he do? He breathed upon them. So, on the fifth day of the fourth month, she says, They were praying before the throne, and a light would come from the Father. And in that light was breath. Uh, That light was the breath. Amen? That was the thing that aroused them, that brought them back to life, that that awoke them. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold the bridegroom, cometh, cometh, go ye out to meet him. And all the virgins, what? The breath. God breathed into man, and man became a? living soul, to become. All right, go ahead, Rashad.
1: So that means when, when Ezekiel gets to um, his experience in Ezekiel 37, that's when he receives a double portion, because now he is told to breathe upon the dry bones. Amen. So he received the breath in, in the beginning, in Because um, he's
0: the one, one now waking them up. Amen. Mm-hmm. And
1: then he goes, when he goes to gather the lost sheep, now he gets a double portion, breathe upon them.
0: Wow. Amen. So, there is two meanings for the word expressly. Now you may say, well, the one for the dic- from the dictionary, I don't see it in the Bible. Praise God it's in the Bible. Let's go to the next slide. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh how? Expressly. expressly. All right? Now let's look at the Strong's. It means outspokenly, that is distinctly. Right? It is a voice that you cannot miss. Right? The midnight cry was a message that you could not miss. Okay? So, taking their experience, coming down to ours, you have the going forth. When we came to 2014, what did the Lord opened to us? The tiring time, right? What was, what was the controversy? All right, the tiring time. But then we came to the fifth day of the fourth month, and the Lord spoke to us expressly. Amen. Uh, yeah. We have to believe that.
1: Amen. I mean, uh, it's a personal experience, you know, it's a
0: personal experience yeah. right? And as a little group, what did the Lord give us light on? January 6th. Yeah, January
1: 6th,
0: right? As a little group, the Lord gave us that light. We had a personal experience, yeah. right? But let's continue. It is very important that we believe this. You know, because this is what is going to make or break us. It's very important because the Bible says they that were what? Ready, went in with him. All right? So let's continue. Ezekiel chapter 3. We're still looking at that personal experience. So I'm, I use Revelation 10 to show Miller our history, but now I'm using Ezekiel to show our history. Right? So at the fifth day of the fourth month, the heavens open, Right? And Ezekiel sees visions from God. We saw visions from God. Amen? Alright. Now you go to chapter 3. This is the experience we must have. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, what? Eat that which thou findest. Is that a different experience from the Millerites? Nope. Not at all. Same. But this is speaking to us. It says, Eat this roll and go do what? Go do what? So what were we we supposed to be doing since the fifth day of the fourth month? Speaking Speaking to who? The house of Israel. Israel. This is what he's teaching us, right? Again, I know this is a little refresher, but I I really do believe that the Lord is bringing these things together so that we can have a firm platform. Mm -hmm. Amen? So, Ezekiel says, so what? I opened my mouth. And he caused who? He caused me to eat the roll. And he said unto me, "Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee." Then I then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth what, as honey for sweetness. Has this message been sweet since the first fifth day of the fourth month? There there has been an additional sweetness to the things the Lord has been teaching us. You know why? Because before the fifth day of the fourth month, we had less understanding of the events taking place around us. Yep. Yes. We had way less. since that day the Lord has taught us to some extent how to read some of the things that are happening about us. Amen. Yes. That was the message of January 6th the thing that were happening about. about us. Amen The Lord showed us Biden with Abimelech, right? He showed us Daniel 11 verse 3 and we were able to expound upon it and since then the message has been sweet. Amen. This is the experience. Since the fifth day of the fourth month, we've been having this experience. I trust, I pray that we are all having a personal experience. Right? We can have it as a group. Right? Because that's what he teaches. But in that group is both what? Wise and, and foolish. Right? But only the wise had oil in their lamps. Right? Only the wise were able to rise and to trim their lamps. Amen? All right. so verse 4 said, And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee to the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech or of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Last quote, and we'll end here. It says, I saw a company who stood well guarded and firm, giving no countenance to those who would what? Unsettle the faith of the? established establish faith. Amen. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's nice. How many witnesses does it take to establish the truth?
1: Two.
0: How many times did the midnight cry go forth?
1: Oh, two times.
0: Two times.
1: Yeah, month, first, so
0: I want to put it to us that whatever the Lord taught us on the fifth day of the fourth month, He's going to establish it right here. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to pray for then. Mm-hmm. For Him to establish. The things he's teaching us by what? Personal experience. Amen. But we know that in this time it's a lot of praying needs to be done. Because it's a little praying, a little praying company. Okay? So, well, praise God. It says, God looked upon them with approbation. I was shown how many steps? Three steps: the first, second, and third angels' messages said my accompanying angel, woe to him who shall move a block or store a pin of these messages. The true understanding of these messages are of vital importance, life or death. The destiny of souls hang upon the manner in which they are what? Receive. How how are they received according to uh, Ezekiel 3 and um, John, Matthew, uh, Revelation 10? We eat them, right? Because he says the eating of the little book is the what? The glad reception of it. Amen? So she says, the destiny of souls hang upon the manner in which you eat. Amen? Mm -hmm. There's rules governing eating, right? What are some of them? (laughs) True. What are some of them? twice Twice a day. Five hours in between. What else? No drinking while eating. What else? No mixing, fruit and no mixing the wrong truth, uh, the wrong truth, the wrong scriptures, right? That's what it's teaching you. What else? No vinegar. No vinegar, right? What else? Did they try to give Christ vinegar? Yes, yes. yes. no mixing the vinegar. Yeah, what else? No
1: cheese. No.
0: Apply all of them to spiritually to this text. All the rules, because because it says. Um, the, the manner in which you receive, and the manner in which you receive it is to eat it, mm-hmm. right? So we have to eat it in the morning, and mm-hmm. eat it when? Mm-hmm. Manna fell twi- twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, amen? Mm-hmm. Right? But we have to have a time in between to digest the morning part mm-hmm. and to digest the evening part, amen? Yeah. So until we not to bring that vinegar in, right? Mm-hmm. If that stuff tastes awful, we spit it out, mm-hmm. Amen? All the rules that govern our natural food bring it in to what the Lord has been teaching us since the fifth day of the fourth month. Amen? Say again? No eating between meals. meals. You know why? Because you're working. Mm -hmm. Right? When you eat something, you're supposed to go and give it to somebody else. That's what the work is. Right? You're supposed to go and give it. Find someone and share it with them. That's you working. Amen? Mm -hmm. And as you work, you deplete yourself of energy. So what do you have to do when you come home in the evening? Mm-hmm. Eat some more. Amen? Amen? All right. So let's continue. I was again brought down through the messages and saw how dearly the people of God purchased what? Yes. How are we going to purchase our experience? Through the first, second, and third angel's messages. It had been obtained through much suffering and what? Severe conflict and i want to say to us right now we have conflicts among us amen and some of them is more severe than others but but she tells us that this is how we purchase our experience and val went over this morning how to deal with stress because that's what the severe conflicts are right and one of the things i said was we have to be what content one of the ways we we, we understand what i understand contentment is just recognizing where you are recognizing your limitations with where you are and living in that, right? Because you don't try to do more than you could possibly do, right? Recognize it. That takes a huge weight off the mind. When you, like, Romario stutters, he just have to be, just recognize, man, I I started, right? And until God does his part, I'm just going to do my part until then, amen? Right? this is this is this is real practical truths, amen. So it says, because the people you cannot move faster than God, right? When the Lord brought them to the tyrant time, they had to be content with that. Yep. Right? They couldn't go faster than that. So they just had to live in that moment. Amen. So it says, it had been obtained through much suffering and severe conflict. God led them along step by step until He placed them upon a what? Solid immovable platform. That's our experience. If we want to be on that solid, immovable platform, let us yield to the leading of the truths of the first, second, and third angel's messages. Amen? Amen. I I think those things are really plain. I mean, the Lord is making it really, really plain. And also, he's helping us to explain it better. Right? These these quotes, these scriptures, they come together together like, like, I mean, the Lord is really, really <laughs> opening up. Everyone needs to see it and have that experience, because you, He's also trying to give us a love for truth, right? When we open the Bible and we see this, and we, man, we, we, He wants us to love that, and this is what He's trying to do: give us a love for the truth. And by God's grace, we know for a fact that we came to the fifth day of the fourth month. Amen. But then we also know for a fact what they did in that time. So let us go see what they did. And let us bring it into our experience. And then the Lord will reveal to us new light. Because new light is not independent of the the old, but on what? An unfolding of it. As we go, this is what the Lord is doing. This is what this is. An unfolding of what they did. Bringing it to our time, showing that we're living the exact same experience because she says, the parable of the ten virgins illustrate the experience of the Adventist people. You know what that makes us? Adventist people. Mm-hmm. Amen? Let no man rob you of, of that title. Right. right? Because you have the truths to support that position. Amen? Mm-hmm. The
1: unfolding...
0: New light is not independent of it all, but an yeah. unfolding of it. Yeah, yeah, so unfolding say. means he's giving you a new, new understanding, yeah. new revelation, new truths from that which was yeah. before. It. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, then, then then to yes. Yes. When it's, it's, you read something again, and all of a sudden a new thought bursts upon the mind, new truth from the old. Amen. My fa- one of my favorite texts is if any man think that he knoweth
1: anything. Didn't, I didn't go in there and study like that, I'm just saying, you know how you're doing these for a while and you hear a lot of things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're like, yeah, because you heard it so much in your mind, you might think you know it, but when you study for yourself, that's when it hits you, it's like scattered things, it's like you pick up things all around the pack because you got to bring it together, and when you study for yourself, you, know, you realize, you, you see the truths, you see more of it, mm-hmm. but because of all the things, great. All of the yeah. things that you've heard so much, that you've been around for so long, mm-hmm. it 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 makes sense it makes sense quicker yeah. because it's not like it's not new to you. You've heard it so much, you've been around it. You know, I was saying I guess this morning when I was studying and I was saying something to Switzerland and I was just more just confirming what I was seeing. It's like, oh, is that what that means? And, oh, that makes sense, you know, because I was seeing it. So I was just saying, uh, even among the old things from the past really help, but even though in here that we may have go and study could be it's, it's new, but yet old when you go back and study for yourself. And the things that you guys teach, mm-hmm. it, it it takes it it makes even more sense. So it's like to me, it's like recent truth and like old truth. <laughs> They're both old. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So
0: it I was listening as unfolding
1: the truth. You know what I'm explaining? You explain. Yeah, all I'm saying is that it is new new to your mind because you've seen it. Seen it for yourself and, um, for the first time, basically. It, it's well, it made more sense for me because I was. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've
0: seen it for. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, we read a quote earlier, right? You weren't here. But GC 393.4. In talking about the wise and the foolish, she says, These had a personal experience, a faith in God and in his word, which could not be overthrown by disappointment or delay. That's those who are studying. That's those who have new truths burst upon their mind, mm-hmm. right? But then she says, others took their lamb and no oil because they, re- because they had depended upon the faith of their brethren. And that goes to something you said. You said you hear it all the time yeah. and you think you know it. That's you depending on the faith of your brethren, right? So you hear it all the time. You think you know it. But really and truly... You don't. Until you have a personal experience with that truth, you do not know it. You cannot live by the faith of someone next to you, right? So this is why we must, you know, sometimes it does come to your mind, man, I was in that study. I don't need to read that. I understood what he said. You got to go read it, right? You have to pick up the notes that somebody has, whatever. Watch the video over. Do what you need to do. Go in the Bible, read the same scripture, and praise God, because he's infinite, a new thought will always burst on your mind. If you go, if you approach it with sincerity mm-hmm. and truth, a new thought will always burst on your mind. Amen? Mm-hmm. So I pray that we can all have this experience that the Lord is designing to give us. In fact, that we're already partaking in. You're either a wise virgin or you're a foolish virgin, but we're already partaking in. All right, so let us pray that we are among those who are bowed on before the throne, waiting for clearer light. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this blessed Sabbath day that you've given us, Lord, one uh, good weather, Lord, and where we can come and fellowship one with another to learn of you, to sing praises to your name. We want to thank you for protecting us and getting us here safely. And Lord, as we have heard your words, Lord, showing us. The experience that we must have lord we pray that each one of us may internalize these, these 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 truths that we may go back lord and to see if these things are so that each one of us can have a personal experience that when we come together we can be in one accord in one place where you can pour your spirit uh, upon us please bless us lord as we continue through this blessed sabbath day and please answer our prayers in accordance with your will in jesus name amen